Hello and welcome to When Will It End. We slam shut the door on the Sawverse. Game, game over. Game over. Well, I mean, there's just also no more of them. But yes, for now, game over. And vroom vroom, baby. No, no, hold on. Hold on. We're not. It's we're not doing cars again. This is weird that we took the last two franchises, slammed them together, took bad cops and bad cars, and we get rush, rush hour. hour. Yes, we are starting a new series today. After a long, dark, grimy trawl through the underbelly of the unnamed Saw City, we are now in bright, beautiful Los Angeles, California, for a little movie called Rush Hour. Yes, we speak, of course, of the absolute blockbuster. This made, you know, $244 million worldwide in its release. It was a smash hit. Well, you know, Jackie Chan was a known entity from Rumble in the Bronx, this kicks the door wide open for a new era of action comedy. And I think about the films that come after this, like Shanghai Noon, a movie that I loved growing up. I haven't seen it. For some reason. I haven't we seen should, any maybe of a, Maybe a good bonus, because there's two of them, Shanghai Nights as oh, well. fun. Where they're like, who else can we team up with Jackie Chan? Oh, oh boy, wow. We have the... Wow, he's sure good at karate. Uh, it's Owen Wilson. Yeah, no, I was saying we jumped from a, a loud, brash, racist Chris Tucker to a quiet, mild, racist Owen Wilson, probably. Wow. I haven't seen it, but I'm Separate assuming but equal. Wow. As, a, as a cowboy, a white cowboy, I'm sure I they could that, be playing off some race issues there as well. I think the joke in uh, in Shanghai Noon is that his name sounds like John Wayne. He's like, oh, that's a terrible name for a cowboy. Oh, wait, whose sound? Jackie, Jackie Chan's, Chan's character. character. His name, name in Chinese sounds like John what? Wayne. I'm afraid to ask what it is. I'm not going to even pretend to try right now, but... Uh, I could, I'll just pull it up really quick, and I'll pronounce it as respectfully as I can. And then I'll do my best, Owen. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe don't. I remember uh, fucking seeing Shanghai Noon. It, it was a birthday movie for me, for sure. Oh, what year was shit, that? yeah. I'm happy that we're, we're getting right into our Rush Hour coverage by going to Shanghai Noon. <laughs> Dude, yeah, so two years later, Shanghai Noon, 2000. Wait, I'm really? 10 years old. Yeah. That is crazy that they made uh, Shanghai Noon before they made Rush Hour 2. Sean Wang. Sean Wang. Sean Wang. Oh, Sean Wang. And he's like, and, and so that's funny. And, and, and that's like, that's a terrible name for a cowboy. Get a, get a better strong. Wow. Name. Anyways, um, Rush Hour. Wow. Rush Hour to me, you know, this is a movie that I saw as a child dozens of times. This was just constantly yes. on loop as a as like you know as an eight year old. This came out. This was on the VHS stack from a young age. So this was your first experience, right, with the Rush Hour. No, 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 no. I'd, I'd seen the first Rush Hour when I was a kid. We actually, we were one of those strange families. I'm not going to talk about my childhood for too long. Oh, he says that now, people. <laughs> Clock it. He said it now. But uh, we had we had very limited cable access, but we did an occasional pay-per-view. Wow. Wow. And I remember watching Rush Hour and Independence Day and Men in Black all at home on pay-per-view. But see, what you're, you're lining up like these were event movies right. of the era. Yes. These were movies that you fucking saw. It was unavoidable. It was yeah. mass culture at its most glorious. Rush Hour, it must be, like, can't say this enough, it's directed by Brett Ratner, who is a horrible fucking piece who of shit asshole. Person? I think I, I'm confusing his name with, like... I mean, he directed X-Men The Last Stand, which William is... Uh, oh, that's right. He's extraordinarily yes, he's terrible. The, wait, he did... Um, what did he do in, in The Suspects? The Usual Suspects? No, that is... Uh, Another rapist. That's Brian Singer. Right, Brian Singer, yeah. the other rapist. Um, 
get a t- tower heist. Everyone loves tower heist. No one loves tower you know? heist. Everyone, they've heisted nobody, from the tower. Nobody loves it. He did a sequence in New York, I Love You. You know, good stuff there. Really good stuff movie. there. Uh, the Family Man, which is uh, a very bad movie. Sorry, Nick Cage. Love you as I oh, do. Yeah, I never he did that. Red Dragon, so unfortunately we may have to, again, oh, confront shit. Brett Ratner. But Can we, we go we, through his, just a brief overview of his allegations? Um, he, uh, so I, don't, I, know I don't think in excruciating detail. But, like, uh, are we dealing with a... a, 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 a I mean, actresses, uh, including Olivia Munn and Natasha Henstridge, accused him of sexual assault and harassment, okay, so, uh, masturbating, entering a trailer to deliver food. Um, apparently, uh, Brett Ratner outed Elliot Page as gay at the time in 2006 in front of onlookers, including Anna Paquin, who confirmed the story. Wow. So, long story short... Not a good uh, person. Uh, a really horrible asshole. A real grab bag of insensitivity and right. abuse. Start to finish, awful. He even apparently was terrible to Brendan Fraser, who has had a very sad life in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> that, that Honestly, just looking at that man's face, I believe it. Uh, apparently, Ratner resigned from de- producing the 84th uh, Academy Awards after Aww. remarking that rehearsal is for, uh, and then a homophobic slur. In 2000 and what now? 2011. Wow. So, yeah. Why do we watch this? I mean, whatever. We no, did no, the look, whole Cars the, series. We can still. I want to talk about the triumphs of Rush Hour, which are not entirely. Conti- We're not celebrating Brett Ratner. He fucking sucks. But, you know, uh, this movie is a fascinating oddity because it's a movie where the stars are, and, and this is the 90s, of course, Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan, Elizabeth Pena. Like the, the, this is a, a movie that has no white protagonists. The white Other FBI than... agents are losers who are mocked yeah. and humiliated. Yeah. Tom Wilkinson plays the requisite evil British guy, which right. is all I ask Amazing. for in anything. Uh, we get what's his? Who's uh, who's the guy that goes to jail for selling C four? Oh, John. Ha- uh, no, 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 Chris Penn. Chris Penn. Chris, uh, the delightful Chris Penn. Uh, um, yeah. uh, we we notice a young John Hawks, which led us to the somewhat uh, bizarre revelation that he is in his sixties now, and it's been acting since the mid eighties, which I didn't realize. He looks good as the the the, the very weird, unspoken, uh, whatever. Like he's selling maps to the Hollywood Hills, and he's one of Chris Tucker's like street guys. Right, but Chris Tucker's like, I hope you're not doing what you used to be doing. You're like, holy shit, what was John Hawks up to before he was selling these maps? Well, Chris Tucker does also show up. He's like, you got a Never Neverland map? He's, yeah, he's, there's lots of Michael Jackson references in this Well, movie. it was the 90s. This was a... Uh... Isn't it funny that like when I was a kid, like we were joking about how Michael Jackson was like abusing children, and then just like 30 years later, he is... Fun- they're like, wow, that was like... That was how Hollywood worked. It, yeah. is, it was just common knowledge. Everyone knew that Ratners and Lautners and whatevers are just they're bad. Hey, this is actually interesting. In early 2021, okay. Ratner said he was going to direct a long gestated Millie Vanilli biopic, which is like, one, don't make, no one should make, no, we don't need this. I don't really know who that is. Millie Vanilli, it's a pop band. They're famous because they were they were uh, guilty of like lip syncing or something. It doesn't matter. The, the, the society does not require a Millie Vanilli biopic. And uh, basically, he had made a movie since Hercules in 2014, which is a movie we all remember seeing. Do you remember Hercules <laughs> with the rock in it? Yeah, no. it doesn't exist. No. Um, but uh, the Time's Up Foundation, of course, you know, a, a Hollywood-based group of, of, of advocates against predators were like, 
absolutely not and then it did not happen as a result of that hmm. so i'm, I'm kind of happy we're bringing up some of this because it is an industry yeah. where we to not address how incredibly fucked up hollywood is and pretend that the the people who created vast images that people we talk about the chris tucker lines that we heard quoted from this movie for a decade after this i mean yeah yeah brett ratner is the kind of person who's in that system so it's interesting um with the announcement that kevin spacey has landed his first role since his uh allegations uh the director had lots to say saying uh i cast him because he was a good actor that sucks and i love that like the the people that yes i guess maybe cancel culture can be uh, encompassing and strike at you for lots of reasons but we also have to remember that there are billions of people in the world and maybe if uh, kevin spacey or one of these people is canceled who fucking cares? Honestly, congratulations, because now literally somebody else who is better will take their place. And we can yeah, look it's, at it's, them. It's for, literally about making like, space. Shit? Just get rid of these pieces of yes. shit. And so it's great. I'm, and in a lot of ways, we can celebrate that Brett Ratner hopefully will never have a place in Hollywood again. Right. It seems like as of 2021, that has been a successful effort. So let's keep it up. Fuck that guy. He's awful. Um, okay. So his relationship with Chris Tucker goes back to 1997, where he directed uh, Money Talks. Um, it was uh, a pretty $25 million movie, low budget. It, it did well, sort of gets him off the ground. So a year later, he comes back with Rush Hour. Um, this was, I, at the time, the highest grossing movie for the studio, which, which is kind of wild. studio is this? It's distributed by New Line. Okay. So, you know, th- this was, uh, Rush Hour, its budget, $35 million. That's a, seems like, oh no, actually they blow some shit up too. And they like as we talked about, this is a full '90s action movie where downtown LA is a is the set piece yeah. for really extended sequences and huge explosions, entire floors of buildings going up in flame, running through empty construction sites. You know, so you know, the, for thirty five million dollars, it's a great looking movie. Bang for your buck. Bang for your buck. Yeah. And again, it it, it nets a, a fucking it, it just launches all of this into the stratosphere. Yeah. I remember watching the. Uh... Uh, the the Ebert uh, Siskel and Ebert review of Rumble in the Bronx, and they were both like, "Who is this scrappy young man, Jackie Chan?" And they both gave it a thumbs up, I think. And it was like, I want to watch every single movie that Jackie Chan is in. When I was, whenever that came out, like eleven years like old, ninety three or something, yeah, or eight years yeah. old or whatever. Yeah, I was like obsessed with Jackie Chan. So for me, I was one of the when I was thirteen, I was already in my oh, you know, remakes are bad, um, you know, go see the early stuff. So I wasn't super excited about Rush Hour after having seen it. I thought it was sort of a, a, a maybe dumbing down of what Jackie Jan represented to me. And maybe that's why I sort of skipped Shanghai Noon altogether. Where I'm like, all right, I'm just going to stick to his Hong Kong movies. Well, okay, so, so Rumble in the Bronx is 95, excuse me. Um, and that yeah. gets him in the door. And I will say potential future franchise if anyone listening has not watched the police story movies pause this now they are the best they're awesome actually i I shouted out max on the last episode another quick shout out to max that was we did the police story series over the pandemic and it's really fun to watch a movie that like especially they were made in the 80s that they like police brutality wasn't really on everyone's minds but even that like calls attention to jackie chan is our hero but 
everybody hates him because he, he does get the job done, but at what cost? Yeah, he's Lots a, a, a loose cannon cop who plays by his own rules. So and, it's cool to see. Yeah. I know I don't think and one more stunt like this, and it's his badge in my desk. Yeah, we, we honestly, after having watched nine Saw movies, we expected more guns and badges on the desks. Yeah, and we expected it in this movie too. Right, still haven't seen it. And it ends with a rousing endorsement of how proud a black man is to be an L.A. Uh, police officer. So right. it's a confounding movie. We're yeah, gonna, it's the, not, the, mm. the racial and political Oof. nature of this movie is fascinating. I think it is, like I said, it's very weird that it's like a lot of prominent people of color helming this movie and, and their personal arcs that are all triumphant and fascinating. I love that Elizabeth Pena gets her entire own arc. I love that. You know, they figure out what works with with Tucker and Chan, and it just it just it is very convincing, and it works like gangbusters. There's a lot to to laud about it, and then there's the parts that are strange, are so weird and so out of like from 2021. It is just like this is the complex thing. Yeah. It's like the 90s movies written and directed by white dudes about race wars, about like. I can't, I can't name them all, but there are surprisingly like a crash. I think is the probably the epitome of was that that was a white led team, right? I mean, that's written by Paul Haggis, the famous uh, former Scientologist. Yeah, crash is a white liberal nightmare. Right, it I mean, is when if you let morons like like wealthy Beverly Hills liberals write what they think is how racial po- politics play out in the streets of L.A., you get that movie, yeah. which is I would say. Um, bad for the world it, yeah. the crashes of is a bad it's it's way worse it is it is the having giving matt dillon's racist white cop who sexually assaults the black woman and then later saves her from a burning car and they embrace on the freeway together that is one of the all-time worst things mm-hmm. and he, he extols reverse racism sexually assaults her humiliates her like and then later is allowed to save her life and they have like it is repellent it is yeah, a repellent it's terrible thing. but it, i think rush hour well not as repellent is sort of in that lineage of white people telling the story of other races and this one is so tone deaf yes in it, so many ways there's that 90s thing it's like we're all in this big crazy city and you know maybe we don't get along but we can learn to respect each other after being unbelievably racist to each other. Yeah. So okay, as as it could only be the case in Hollywood. The guy who wrote this movie is named Ross Lamana. Yeah. Lamana. Lamana. What is that was Ross done for um, us? well I mean this is definitely uh he create he created the story for and R- Rush Hour and co-wrote it with with Jim Koof. The Koofster. That's right. Yeah. Um Ross looks like a Ross. But yeah, I mean, he he wrote the Rush Hour movies. He wrote the Rush Hour TV reboot. Yeah. So to his credit, some uh, continuity there. But that's pretty much his big thing. Wow. He he really uh, made his money. What we we've experienced that a few times on this show. Like the people that literally have made. Oh yeah, uh, I forget. But there's like you make one movie, and that's basically all you do, and you do it for the rest of your life, whether it's three of them or twenty of them. Yeah, I mean, certainly he's done other. I think he teaches. Looks like he teaches somewhere. I don't know. Long story short. Um, this is he's eating supper on rush hour to this very day. Mm. Um, just before we get too far past it, Jackie Chan was offered, and this is incomprehensible to me, the role of Simon Phoenix in Demolition Man. Wow! In, in 1993, to Stallone's credit, Stallone was like, "Some somebody's got somebody got to cast Jackie Chan in the movie." That's what he said. Someone got one Jackie Chan to be in my movie. <laughs> 
Yeah. So um, Jackie Chan wisely was like, I don't think this is for me. And and to be honest, Demolition Man is a deeply racist and insane movie. Bad. Well, I kind of love it because it's so I hate it. 90s bad shit. I can't stand um, it. But uh, yes, it is a very problematic and shitty movie. Yeah. And, and it would, well, it's very bad that a black man is the villain threatening to burn down Los Angeles. I mean, the whole, it's a very complicated movie we don't have to get into, but it's very hard to imagine Jackie Chan making it any less confounding or racist. So. Yeah. Uh, he made a wise choice that day. Yes. Um, but yeah, this, uh, I think what we, what I, as a probably a racist boy, brought up by a, Republican father who taught me that, you know, you know, racist ideas. I am pretty sure that my, I found Chris Tucker to be irritating and I didn't like him in fifth element. I didn't like him in this and watching this movie again. It's like Chris Tucker is fucking charming, right? He's amazing. He's hilarious. I, I really, he is so good in this movie right because it's, it's easy to remember him as being obsequious and irritating and 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 slick and greasy but no he's unbelievably charismatic it's the same shit as like oh hip-hop's bad it's like oh just because a black person is doing this thing that if a white person were doing my dad would be fine with it well you it's think crazy. about like you know people talking about like you know like dustin hoffman in in uh, midnight cowboy or like you know there's lots of obsequious greasy people that get a very broad pass and we and, and but like yeah it's like oh it's annoying because it's this like outspoken black guy so that was maybe one of the best things for me was to like really sort of see how culturally i was taught to find this thing to be irritating and now like 20 years later and Seeing it again, it's just like, oh, this. Well, okay, he's Chris awesome. Tucker is extremely handsome. He's beautiful. His man. physical comedy is remarkable. I will knock him. He's got one dance. He does it very, 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 very well. The shoulders thing, the side to side shoulders thing, only yeah, has. He one really dance. leans in that a lot. Yeah. Um, and he is, you know, again, I, I do think this ultimately is a triumph for him and Jackie Chan, undeniably. But yes, oh. he, he he is given the unfortunate task of being fed a lot of anti Asian. Like very, very racist shit about Chinese people that well, and, and just Asian people in general that he delivers with aplomb and and with his charm and whatever. But like, yeah, yeah that that's aged poorly. I think it's fair to say. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean that's that's again. This is like the the biggest problem with this movie is watching two like an Asian and black actor who are told to, to make fun of each other's race because. I guess that's like the one was like that too. I, I've sort of talked about that a few times on this podcast, but like white men writing about uh, black Asian race wars is a very strange thing to watch now. And it, this one is a comedy and it's supposed to be funny. And it's just like watching Chris Tucker do it, a bad Chinese accent screaming at him while uh, Jackie Chan gets into a fight because he uses the N word. Yeah, we, let's, like, let's dial in on that. <laughs> in this movie, Jackie Chan uses the N-word to trigger... Basically, the, the structure of the film is pretty brilliant because each chunk plays to the strengths of the two leads. If Chris Tucker's in the scene, he's going to get into some sort of verbal gymnastics mm-hmm. and how with people and be silly yes. and goofy. And then Jackie Chan will find some reason to get into an extended cartoonish, like, you know, bar Other fight, for example. Physical or, gymnastics. Right. Yeah. Um, They're both gymnasts in their own way. So th- they divvy it up pretty evenly. We're like, you know, up, you know, in the back room, Chris Tucker is shaking down his cousin, who's a gangster, for information about X, Y, and Z. And in the front room, Jackie Chan calls the bartender the N-word and gets into a cartoonish bar fight. Now, here's what I missed. Did he hear Chris Tucker say that? earlier in the film and the joke is that he's in a, I mean the joke clearly is this sweet man is miss is deeply deeply 
misusing a, 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 a term among intimates in a community that he should not be using. Yeah. That clearly is the joke. I feel like I missed the setup where he saw that. I don't happen. think it's not set up. Okay. Because when he says it, it is very surprising. Like in 2021, <laughs> like. Right. But again, like just to open the door again, everyone talks about like. In our ongoing campaign to dunk on the complacency of boomers and liberalism while still being very far to the left, just to put this all in context, in the 90s, people said the N-word all the time. Yes. All the time. Because mainstream hip-hop had become so commercialized and complicated that all of a sudden, between Eminem and between, like, you know, a very political art form being having their, their, their... the creation of a more palatable commercial version of that very politicized art form. This got, it was a very fraught time for language in the public domain. And there was like, it's, it's very weird to remember this, but like, yes, like that really got tossed around very casually a lot. Mm -hmm. And whether or not it was the, you know, again, there's like, uh, and this is the whole point of like the the reckoning we're having racially, where not everyone is a clan member burning a cross. You just being a fucking dumb jack off middle schooler white kid saying the n word because you think you're allowed to because you heard it in a song or saw it in a movie. That is another head of the repellent hydra of of this racist system that we live in. But that was, you know, it was very commonplace at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it. It was. Uh, it's. It's. It's one of the weirdest parts of my like life is to have remember like learning it as an insult and a bad word to then it just like be something that you could say as a joke amongst white people because it didn't seem to matter. It was very weird, and it's and it's, again this is a this is a PG thirteen movie, yeah. Which like in retrospect, if you had that same joke in a movie now, I don't think that would be PG thirteen. I don't know. I don't know if it would exist anymore, really. But it's like a mainstream, like it's just like in, in in one of those mainstream conceivable blockbuster movies, like that joke of Jackie Chan saying the N word. It's, it's just it's oh a my joke. God. It's just like it's just like uh. supposed to be a sweet joke to get us to a fight scene, where yeah. basically it shows that again, it's like it's so inconsiderate because it's showing the people that have just been like offended. And this be, is a movie that's cognizant of this is a post Rodney King yes. post riots most recent riots it's LA there's been hist- a long history of race riots but like um you know th- this is a theoretically set in a community that has just gotten through and the OJ trial like the 90s were extremely tense in LA for race relations and Chris Tucker is like the LAPD is the most hated police force in the world and I am cognizant of that as a member of that group. Yeah. So yes it is deeply cynical to use that very hurtful thing as like a throwaway joke just to trigger it that's the whole scene yeah he calls then, the bartender the n-word twice and then what and it shows us is that, that the black bartender and his friends are the ones that are stupid because they're they like are being violent and jackie chan is, is the hero for beating them up like he is never it's not it's like this misunderstanding that is completely on jackie chan's side yeah, it's, it's it's wild. It's very wild. Uh, it's definitely a, a you know a grim reminder of like we're just so far to go, so far to go. Yeah, here's a very weird thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know that Rush Hour is the reason Rotten Tomatoes exists? No, I did not know that. Rush Hour is the catalyst for the creation of the review aggregation website Rotten Tomatoes. 
Sen Duong, the, the website's founder and a Jackie Chan fan, was inspired to create the website after collecting all the reviews of Chan's Hong Kong action films as they were released in the U.S. Wow. In anticipation for Rush Hour, Chan's first major crossover, Hollywood crossover, he coded the website in two weeks, and the site went live just slightly that is before. incredible. Yes. I love that. That's that is amazing. a beautiful yeah. story. That's like the kind of obsessive bullshit that I would do, but then also don't have any of the talent to actually pull off something like that. Yes. But I love that mentality. Like, I'm going to find every fucking review of this guy's movies because I love them so much and I'm so excited for his new one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful development in fan culture and internet culture in the late 90s. I mean, like, that's it's pretty cool that this happened. You know, th- this cultural moment was so fascinating that it, it spawned something that today we take for granted. So that's pretty cool. And and revile, really. Yeah. Like most people, you know, so many people hate the rotten tomato. Yeah. You fear the tomato. The big old tomato. Is the green one the bad one? Yeah. That's the splooter. Yeah, green is splat. Yuck. Splat. Rotten. Yeah, red is... No mm, good. Red is right. rich. Mm. Now, tomato mm. is a fruit. Mm, how about that? Okay, Get so... Get the fuck out of here. Are you fuck fucking out kidding me? Go fuck yourself. Uh, I'm not eating a tomato like an apple or an orange. No, it's true. You're not. I'm eating um, it like... On a pizza pie. A what uh, are you doing down there? Sucking your little dick. Yeah. Okay, so the plot of Rush Hour is pretty straightforward. Um, the scene starts in Hong Kong the night before the transfer from British power to, to China. Very power. straightforward. <laughs> Very, uh, and, you know, we're introduced to a, a powerful British guy, which, you know, it's Tom Wilkinson. I think there's not a lot of suspense about, you know, who the bad guy is. But here's is. the thing is yeah. it's interesting as a, as a person that gobbled up uh, Hong Kong action movies as a child. Like, this is basically every Chinese movie of this style is like, here are the shitty white people who are col- uh, colonialists, and here's the awesome hero who will just beat them up. So it's like, maybe as an American audience, the surprise is a little more of a twist, but especially coming in from that structure, it's like, oh, this guy's obviously a terrible person. Yeah, and so so the, 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 the console, that's the title... Si Ma is the actor who you, a very kind-eyed man, you'd recognize him. He's been in the remake of The Lady Killers, He's, uh, which, of course, I watched for my own personal Coen Brothers series. Mm. He's been in Dante's Peak, The, the Quiet American, yeah, Consul Han in the Rush Hour, of course. Um, he's been in a million movies. He's great. Uh, he plays the consul who has a cool daughter, a daughter who's being trained by one Jackie Chan to yes. be a cool butt kicker. Um and uh, yeah, they, they they go to America for the opening of this big exhibition on China in Los Angeles, and their uh, enemies, the Chinese gangsters who Jackie Chan's been battling in Hong Kong, follow them, kidnap the daughter of the consul, and the FBI is like, look, we don't want this Jackie Chan coming in and messing everything up, let's get this annoying cop, Chris Tucker, we'll hire him just to distract Jackie Chan. Yeah. And uh, let's just say things don't go quite as planned. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It they, is true. They solve the case. They do ultimately. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah, they solve the case. They solve the case. It's amazing. Yes. Never what, expected. What, what are you up to over there, my friend? Oh, I'm just looking at cast. Oh, great. Anything listen. you want to draw from that? Well, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's not, you're not just listening. It's an exchange. It's coming later. Okay, wonderful. So don't worry about it. But I think what has always, from the first time I saw this movie to... Last night, nothing happens in this movie. <laughs> like, Very little happens in the movie. The plot of yeah. this movie is... They uh, investigate the case and eventually solve it. A girl is kidnapped 
two men against the wishes of their betters uh, solves the case. Yes. In a day. And yeah. that's, that's the movie, folks. It's kind of funny because like, what, what Ratner does in this movie is like a mashup of John Woo and Brian De Palma is what it feels like. Like, it's a very classic movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, if we see Jackie Chan enter a long, smoky pool hall, we know that there's like a million props and a million jumps and this and that. Or like, there's all the shit for him to do in that space. Um, I love all the shots inside the Chinese restaurant. I think that that, that wonderful, weird, creamy mint color of the walls and the reds and the rich mahoganies upstairs. Like, the texture of this movie is very rich. And I really like that. It's really fun to watch this. And again, we just came off of the Saw franchise, which is predominantly tight 90s. This is very much a tight 90. Oh, yeah. There's no fat on this movie. No. It flies. It's... Much like the titular Rush Hour. Wait. I thought the whole thing Rush Hour is a standstill. But there's rushing going on, so I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's the whole point is that. We do see that famous LA traffic. We do, and I think that's what I'm saying. Like that that's, that's when rush hour is happening. Los Angeles things are at a standstill. Yeah. But, uh, oh, uh, we have talked about Chris Tucker relentlessly uh, sexually harassing Elizabeth Pena's character. Oh right, yeah. yeah that's that was, also that another too. another nineties thing. A running thing. a running bit where uh, Chris Tucker asks a coworker what color her underwear is, uh, which at the time is like <laughs> Chris Tucker is so flirty. Uh, if you did that now, you would rightfully, uh, be, I hope you would get uh, yelled at. By? Fired. Kamala Harris, Thank the you. girl boss in chief. Thank you. Uh, no. Punishment uh, There's above. a joke about groping her breasts at one point. There's, yeah. There's a lot of that like, it's like holy li- shit. Honestly, it was, it almost looks like, who's the the senator that got kicked out of the senator? Al club? Franken, yes. It like was. It was the Al Franken picture. It's like yeah. a woman in a flak suit with Jackie Chan groping her breasts, being, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I forgot you had boobs there. Whoops. Whoopsies. Well, you know, the whole, like, my, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever, well, well, one of the best lessons, it's like an old an old axe, but yeah. let, let the bastard hang himself. You've heard that phrase? Mm-hmm. If you If you let some people just do their own things, they will frequently out themselves. Right. For their true nature. Which is like the, the John Laster of it all, like where we watch Cars and it has, again, Owen Wilson uh, just like coming on, threatening to rape someone in the first fucking scene of Cars. It's like, yeah, it's not a surprise that he was uh, Me too you know? Right. So, so you watch this and the kind of like shitty workplace harassment humor that Brett Ratner's like, this shit's fucking hilarious. It's like, no, you're a fucking piece of shit. You're like, obviously, like, this sucks. And yeah. like, from any vantage point, like it was so normalized at the time. I, I and that's not an excuse. Just like it was, no. it's a deeply but sick culture. That's probably why, why Franken like thought it would be funny because yeah. like the whole life, that's a funny joke is to uh, grope a woman. That's a right. joke for a hundred years in cinema. Yeah, it was Lumiere's first movie. Right. They did the train movie. And then groping. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how old it was called. And then someone live would squeak a a horn like. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny shit, man. So this is Jackie Chan's first movie with no dubbing. Jackie Chan, English speaking movie where he says all of his lines. There's a wonderful blooper reel at the end where we get to see some of the the difficulties that both Tucker and Chan have in delivering the dialogue. But interesting stuff. Jackie Chan almost dies. Of course he does. When they slam those two metal crates together. That looks like a simple stunt, but Jesus, that looks like you cannot control it. Well, you know, famously Jackie Chan, the man who does everything you see in the movie, 
Jackie Chan is actively doing. Um, and yes, if you slam two shipping containers together, there isn't really a clever way we, to not make it incredibly fucking dangerous. The Sovers taught us, uh, Strom, you get you just get squished. You get squished. Um, okay, so to maybe this is interesting. I didn't realize this. Apparently, Chris Tucker improvised a lot of his dialogue. No, you're kidding, right? I'm dead serious. Wow, that's hard believe to believe. <laughs> Um, That's why you get a Tucker, man. Apparently, him and John Hawks oh. were, were just popping so hard. So good. That there's like continuity errors in the dialogue because the editing, editing it together was so tough because they just Jesus. like riffed for so long, which is like good for you, John Hawks. That's so cool. Yeah, he he uh, definitely can match uh, Tucker energy in his Hawks way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, One of the best jokes in the movie, uh, when uh, Jackie Chan needs uh, a badge... And Chris Tucker gives him his badge, which is a photo of him with the jerry curl and a mustache. And Jackie Chan goes, this won't work. I'm not 6'1". Yeah, that's a good joke. It's a good joke. Another good race joke. That's funny. Yeah. That one works. Jackie wasn't improvising. No. Yeah. He's sort of barely getting through the phonetic pronunciations. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that he gets so much better at the acting part, but there is something... that Honestly, that must be very strange, to be a very good actor, uh... And then to have a language barrier really have to make you completely relearn how to act. Yeah, I mean, that's... Because he's an amazing actor in uh, all of his like movies where he's speaking the language he knows. Well, again, um, you know, it's uh, the, the, the mere fact that we have had almost no pressure to actually learn a second language in our lives <laughs> says something about... It. Yeah, it's how, how, what, how much would you lose if you're relying on a phonetic memory of something that you have no right. emotional relationship with? Which like, is very difficult. Jackie Chan shines in this movie when he's not. I mean, he's, he's great. He's awesome from start to finish. But, like, his... He, he retains that same like physical gag, physical, not just comedy, but he acts with his face. He acts with his body. That's like why you watch a Jackie Chan movie in a lot of ways, and it's uh, it's fun to see just like him him start his new career, but still maintain this like same level of devotion to physical acting. Now we're speaking of acting. Mm-hmm. I want you to guess. This movie comes out in 1998. Yes. Who out. were the original actors considered? And be serious for Chris Tucker's role. It's, it's the it's the mid 90s. Who are the other actors that were considered? Because I'll give you a hint. He was the fifth pick. 98. No, the, he was the sixth pick for this movie. Wow. Yes. Um, 98. And I'm assuming they want a comedian. Well, at least there, at least six other people were considered, and I will say all of them are all of them are easily more famous than Chris Tucker. I mean, Chris Tucker is not a very like on the grand scheme of things, he's not maybe one of the most famous. Certainly, actors. in the list that we're about to share, he is easily at the bottom and re- remains there to this day, which is not God. a slight on him. Just he's up against '90s comedians. And before I sound racist, they're black race, actors from the '90s. They're all black. Is, actors. The character is okay. written as a black character. That's what so, I wanted to check right. in. Okay. Maybe they're black. They're all black men. It's 98, so come on. A couple of these are so easy. Um, well, there's the most obvious one. Who is Chris Tucker clearly extremely influenced by? Uh, Eddie Murphy? Are you stupid? I'm stupid. Yes, he's obviously a post-Eddie Murphy. Oh, my God. You're so racist. Martin, Martin well, Lawrence. I, can't, I was trying to think of any famous comedians. Go to 90s. race jail. Robin Williams. Go to race jail. Um, Martin Lawrence, original choice. Eddie Murphy says, no, I'll make Holy Man, which is a was weird Chris, Was Chris Rock chosen? No. Oh, uh, okay. Dave Chappelle considered Will Smith, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. Tupac Shakur, all considered for the role of Carter. So I'm glad all much, big, much bigger names than Chris Tucker. I think Will Smith would have been. I think they all would have been good. 
I, think I don't know Will about Smith Tupac. Ultimately, has, I think it would be a little weird to do Bad Boys and then the Rush yeah. Hour. Yeah. Because I, I also like, yeah, of the of the Bad Boys, I would pick Martin Lawrence for, because he's the reactor. He's the funny one. He's the guy who's going to, you know, get flustered. Yeah. Will's just going to be cool. But I think, I, I mean. I think Will doesn't, Will can laugh at himself because obviously Fresh Prince, he makes fun of himself all the time. He's delightful. Great. But like you need someone, I think, like a Chris Tucker who's like deadly serious where he's like. You know, mm-hmm. very vain and and very you know that's that's what's so fun about him. He yeah. doesn't want to be the butt of the joke. No, yeah. I like we we watching uh, Spiral going into uh, Rush Hour and basically seeing the the same character who is a brash cop who doesn't want a partner, and the whole story is about a cop that's a, a renegade loose can loose cannon of a cop who doesn't want a partner who has to have a partner. And it's like it was, it was a weird, just like sliding away from the Sawverse into this new one. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how fewer traps. I'm sorry, fewer traps. There are way fewer traps, though. Uh, I have to say, there was one. Well, which one? The slamming metal crates thing. That's no. Good. I was That's thinking maybe the whole like restaurant fight scene could be considered a twisted game. Kind of. I, I thought him catching all the vases at the end was, was pretty like, pretty funny. funny. Yeah. That was good. Um, Okay, so uh, this is an interesting insight into a Brett Ratner human piece of shit. Um, Elizabeth Pena, uh, a beautiful and talented actress who is funny and sharp in this, and I would say the perfect acidic je ne sais quoi in the movie, because like, she, she g- gives Chris Tucker much-needed pushback on being such a ridiculous person in the movie. She showed up on set wearing nothing but the Bomb Squad vest to prank the director, According to Pena, she thought Ratner would laugh, but instead he was extremely nervous and embarrassed. Mm. So he's kind of a coward. Yeah. When he feels powerful, he doesn't mind objectifying people. But when someone surprises him with something that they're in control because they're doing the surprise, he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm just saying. Do you think she's going to get Me Too'd for showing her parts to him? Well, she was wearing the bomb vest over the parts, but yeah, all so parts. It didn't seem to go that low. The Fu Chao restaurant is still open in Chinatown. We could go to this very day, can as of January twenty twenty one. There is still a sign that states. And by the way, the the people going to IMDb trivia to give us the January twenty one updates on this whether or not incredible. there's a plaque in a restaurant in Chinatown in L A. God bless you. We could go to the Fu Chao. Maybe, maybe. If what was we, the, wait, what does the plaque say? Rush hour was shot here. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Can you still throw a gun around? I'd like to go and throw a gun around. I mean, the gun, well, again, Brett Ratner, dog man, we hate him. But he does a lot of classic film stuff that pays off really well where there's, we talked about that there's all these insert shots so that he he does set the table for us very carefully where a gun flies here, a gun flies there, a gun's in yeah. the carpet, the gun gets thrown out the window. Then later, it's like a classic, we recover like, the gun. ball comedy level, right. just like paying attention to everything going on rather than, you'd mentioned this, like... Michael Bay has totally turned the action movie into a just shit happens. Right, you're cutting everywhere. It, there it is no continuity what you see because that's yeah. the whole point. The whole point is showing there's so much going on. You'll get a fraction of it. You'll be overwhelmed by it, and it's going to be awesome. Right, and then and, there's there's the like the fluid steady cam version, which has become more popular. Where it's like this 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 is going to be a fluid single motion that yes. we're going to like. And this is the opposite. It's lots of cuts, but lots. it's very crisp and stately cuts to a like if i were to make a movie this is what i would do a, a, like cut to the carpet and we see the gun plop down on it and like all right cut next scene and then like you see the gun go somewhere else like it's so boring in some ways but it sets up the punchline which is 
he eventually gets the gun back, which we have watched fly around the room. Yeah. And so it works. Right. We get the little, they, they put the bow on it. Yeah. It's great. He's like, oh, it's my gun. Yeah. Right. And there's, there's a few other just bits where like there's just, the, it, it, everything comes full circle and it's very satisfying because mm. like, again, you know, we keep threatening going back into the Nolan verse to finish off uh, our Batman series. And, you know, that is someone who revels in things being vague and things being more impressionistic. And it's really fun to watch action like this where it's like, Everything's accounted for. At the end of it, it is it's tied up and done. A um, couple more things. You noticed when we saw the exterior of the Chinese consulate. Oh, he lives on a golf course. That's what you said last night. Mm-hmm, that's what yeah. I said because they had a big flag in a hole, and I, I thought big it was flag funny. in a hole. Uh, the, that there was the original Wayne Manor in Batman in the sixties. So they also live on a golf course. Uh, no. No, so there's no golf courses. You've brought the golf course thing into this. Well, you brought it up. Okay. No, you said it last night. That's yeah, why I said you, it. That was yeah. an end. That was just a one-off joke you say while you're watching a movie with your <sighs> friend. If I wanted to make the joke on the podcast, I would have said it on the podcast. Well, so apparently, originally, this was going to be Chris Farley and Martin Lawrence as like a buddy comedy. Huh. And Chris Farley's life was, by that point, tragically, he dies in 97. Um, his life was not going well, mm-hmm. um, but I guess years ago, b- before it, it actually got to where it gestated into what it is today, um, they had given up on working on it because his life was sort of spiraling downward. But uh, well, we were talking on the on the way in here because we saw um, the trailer for the new Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what it's called, but uh, I was like. With um, Mortal Kombat and this, it's like we're we're seeing a strange new era of Hollywood large budget martial arts movie, and I'm really excited for this MCU movie, which is going to be maybe the biggest. I I don't know enough about it, but I'm thinking the biggest budget martial arts movie ever made in America. You're excited about this? I like it. I love martial arts movies. They're like maybe my favorite genre, and I love that. Like to hear that this could have been a Martin Lawrence Chris Farley buddy cop comedy. Like fuck that. You get me a Jackie Chan in here and we suddenly have it as a uh, fucking comedy of words and action? Yeah, and again, it's like because this attempts to address race so unevenly, we get something that's just so much more fascinating as a cultural document. Because like the white and black buddy, I mean, 48 hours, oh I mean, God. there's just a very long story Lethal tradition. Weapon. Sure, it's again, it's... it's uh, Quite long, but this is like I I I don't know if you, you, you can you see what we're time I'll check. Okay, great. We're, we're we're getting near the end, and like I'm in my head while you're talking. Yeah, my mind is whirring. Like, do I give it to Jackie Chan or do I give it to Chris Tucker? We can break the rule our own rules. Some people say side note: this is a recreation of the Schwarzenegger Belushi buddy comedy Red Heat. Again, I, I think this stands on its own because it has martial arts in it. True. And like, it's fucking, yeah. it's incredible. Uh, so I think I, I want to give it to, uh, well, we could do one of two things. We could elect to each award one. So they each I think it, we can mutually you, agree that Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan win joint MVP. Yeah, I think so. Like, it, it, we talk about how in these movies, if the central thing doesn't work in this, it really doesn't work. Right. And the central thing in this is a two-parter. Yeah. It's, they, they both they have really to carry their own weight and have that actual chemistry. And like them dancing to war together. Yeah. Chris Tucker liking the Chinese food. Jackie Chan learning more about how to be an American. Uh, you know, I don't know. Like it, it, 
it it look the the politics are frequently messy sloppy they don't even exist dated. as politics they're just they're like, very weird they through race at a wall and hoped it would be funny right but the things that work in this really work yeah and that's uh, the, kind of amazing the vase like they both have their own style of humor and i'm glad that we're not dealing with like two dueling funny men and like imagine just chris farley and, and martin lawrence together they'd just be like yelling at each other by the end of it it would be really annoying i think yeah but Having Jackie Chan have his own style of humor, which has nothing to do with verbal prowess, where you watch him try to get vases to not fall over while fighting people for two minutes, and then it ends with someone just shooting it with a gun. It's like, that's comedy. And they added those in after. There's a rough cut with less action, and the audience was like, why don't we have more Jackie Chan? So they shot a lot of that stuff after the fact, which is amazing. That would have been so dumb to have like... Jackie Chan in your movie and not have him kick ass. It also is a tight 90 minutes. I'm not really sure exactly what we're cutting from that. Um, right. Like you're left with a 70 minute movie where Jackie Chan doesn't do anything. Right. And also yeah, give me that cut, please. It's a, uh, it's a 90s movie. So it's like 12 people. The body count is set at 12 on IMDb, two by Carter, none by Lee. But like Wait, the body, like the people who die in this movie. Oh. Cause it's a, it's a nice, this is like so many gunfights. Yeah. And like this, the, the, I think the simple fact that this was like, a PG thirteen in quotes, but everyone saw this. It was like the most mainstream of mainstream. Yeah, it was films. P- this is like uh, maybe it became PG thirteen just because of the N word. Like otherwise, it's a pretty well. There's again lots of shooting. PG. Yeah, but that was like as you said, like yeah, pretty commonplace at the time. Pretty. Uh, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely funny that like a, a movie helmed by people of color set in like you know a, a cosmopolitan space like. Los Angeles would certainly in the nineties, that was sort of like one of the things of that Such move a, cinematic yeah. space. I don't know. It, it, it is a fascinating movie. I, I, you know, like anyone, I wish that Brett Ratner was not involved in this. And I wish that, uh, the, the politics, the, the worst of it had not aged so poorly. But I mean, man, I'm, I'm really excited for a shower too. Yeah. Cause, uh, I guess frequently that. we're like, well, what would happen in the next one? And this one ends with them on a plane to Hong Kong together. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, this is, it's so nice. It's so dick swinging. The sequel doesn't come out for like four years. Three years. Three, three years. years. Yeah. And then the next one after that is like six years. Um, and then it was, that was it. Well, it's it just super funny think, that like they they were so confident about this. Yeah. Jackie Chan's had an interesting American career. Uh, I really like his earlier stuff. I think by the time he started doing American movies, he his martial arts part of things was petering off. I remember seeing the tuxedo in theaters. I and, never saw the tuxedo. And being like, holy shit, like he's now entirely CG. Like this is the opposite of why I watch a Jackie Chan movie. By the third movie, Rush Hour 3 costs $140 million. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm now very excited oh to see God. Rush Hour 3. That yeah. is nuts. What year was that? 2007? Seven. Yeah. So yeah, it is It is like six years after the sequel, which is weird. Um, well, there we have it. I mean, what else do we have to cover? Well, I just want to mention we got a, a brief appearance by Philip Baker Hall. Oh my God, Philip Baker. We, we've been watching all this cop shit lately and to have this cop be the great Philip Baker Hall, who, as I said, I believe is like born in a suit. I don't think he's... he. You can imagine that man wearing a t-shirt. You can't. Yeah. I mean, maybe Impossible. if he thought he was up to some Ratner shit, a Hawaiian shirt might fit him well, but I think he's too classy. Yeah. 
It's also a funny movie because like the bad guys are British oh, yeah, imperialism. Let, we haven't really talked about like the whole that side of the plot. There are right. Some so fun essentially, it turns out that the, the evil British guy Tom Wilkinson was the guy who had all the stolen artifacts that Jackie Chan recovers early in the movie, and he wants them back because for him, you know, more Chinese autonomy is bad for his evil British imperial. Right. Here's the thing: plans. as a colonialist, you stole something, and then well, no, you 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 earned it through conquer yeah and then suddenly you get it stolen back from you that isn't fair yeah it does suck you did all the effort of stealing it the first time right and yeah. it was done under you know normal does no one even think about that you know it's hard to steal stuff is especially to like get away with it in a way where people are fine with it for a lot a long time like hundreds of years yeah 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 i was listening to some of my ideas about you know it's the hundredth anniversary of the tulsa massacre Mm. And like still people are thinking about reparations as punishment for the current generation of white people. Yeah, I mean, it it is insane. I guess it's kind of nice. This movie strikes at exactly that concept where it's like the amount of damage you do to a community by destroying everything they hold dear, stealing their beloved their shit, it's... not allowing people to progress or advance, uh, uh, disproportionately punishing people. I mean, this idea that like, oh, no, they want money. It's like the money isn't even that that that, that fills even the slightest gap in the damage that this shit does to communities. Right, but yes, it's not money... hypothetical. And and like one, there are material numbers we can attach to that. So yes. reparations just make sense because like you, if you wanted to do the math on that, you probably could. It's not that crazy. But two, yeah, hundreds of years of meddling, torturous bullshit does have a very real impact. And like I don't know, it's it's, it's crazy yeah. to me that people. I don't know to hear uh, the mayor of. Tulsa or whatever he's like it's a hard sell to ask uh you know tell white people they need to give up their money it's like well maybe if you sold it in a way that was actual being like we stole an immense amount of wealth from a very specific group of people in this country and it's not a punishment for that it's is is, is getting trying desperately to get people back to a place of equality which is what this whole fucking country is founded on well yeah and it's like you know that community played that game and built up their own marketplace, their own economy, and and like yeah. the response was to grind it to dust, yeah, burn to it, murder people and destroy it, it. I mean, it's just it's it's not. If the argument from conservatives is about like oh, you know, facts don't care about your feelings and all that shit, it's like here's a fact: you destroyed accumulated wealth in a community. You actually you shattered took it for your own, right? So. I mean, that is as literal and manifest as it could possibly get. So it's, it is weird to see in a 1998 movie with such bonkers, bad race shit in it to have like the heart of the villain being exactly showing how this colonialist idea of, well, I took it for, for like in my in my good way. And now you're trying to take it back from me. No, sir. This is mine by birthright. And he gets fucking beat up by Jackie yeah. Chan. Well deserved yeah. as well. Wait, does he die? Yes, yeah, where he falls. And then, right. Great line. Oh, he dead. Oh, he dead. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. That's one of the best, probably my favorite line in the movie. It's, it's really so fun. fucking funny. It's very funny. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, Rush Hour, baby. It's uh, it's something. We're excited for Rush we Hour, too. don't know why it's called Rush Hour. We still don't. I know they say it once in the it movie. It sounds but cool. It doesn't. Like, anyone from L.A. especially hates Rush Hour. Okay, well, you can fight this battle for the can whole series. Can we watch uh, Premium Rush? Was that the JGL bike messenger movie? Uh, I That movie's... V- 
so funny. I'd love I to watch it with you. I want to watch that. Great. Well, um, once I move, we'll have more time. Jackie Chan has expressed dissatisfaction with the film. I don't like the movie. I still don't like the movie. Huh. I don't like the way I speak English. I don't know what Chris Tucker is saying. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a really weird reason to not like this movie. He says, uh, if you see my Hong Kong movies, you know what happens. Bam, bam, bam. Always Jackie Chan style me. Ten minutes of fighting. <laughs> you saying that the Hong Kong movies are like, look, y- y- in the Hong Kong movies, we, it's just the good it's, shit. You understand. It's just yes, the good it shit. It's just the yeah. fucking densest good Which shit. Which is very funny that he's like, look. Rush hour, there's a lot of other stuff. Yeah, this is boring shit. Right. In my I'm movies, I'm just it. fucking beating ass the whole time. <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. That's what I want. So I'm sort of like, I'm definitely not asking when will it end, as I've said, but I am a little nervous, especially for the 2007. Like, how old is Jackie Chan in 2007? I don't know. Well, look it up. You're on a computer. I am. He was. He's born in uh, 54. So, you know. So, yeah, 53 years old. Like He's in his mid-50s. Can you, like... Well, though, he, though, but him and Tom Cruise single-handedly turned being in your 50s into i know yeah. he can do it but i know also where his trajectory of basically not kicking anymore and i'm sort of wondering if rush hour three marks his more uh matching uh chris tucker's verbal well we'll have comedy. to find out then when you join us in the future here on when will it end we're on patreon why won't it end where yeah, we look it's... at uh movies that either are adjacent to franchises or could be franchises or we debate the merits of them being franchises or music or video you know it's yeah a loose bullshit. It's, it's a loose bullshit but we have a bit of fun and it's more uh more bang for your buck baby it's only five dollars a month patreon.com slash wwie podcast yeah we are uh about to record our year anniversary of the bonus so if you still yes. haven't subscribed which i know you haven't well actually maybe you have because we have 16 subscribers thank each and thank every everyone one of you of yeah you. but join, everyone else? join the winning team the fuck squad you can become the elite fuck squad uh, yeah if you join the patreon and again if you email us we'll talk about it on air which people we, do not take advantage of this i get it we're a small podcast but like we love you for listening i check the email every day yeah Nothing ever comes in. So yeah. literally, all you to make. He's an alarm set for four a.m. to make my day. Bam, 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 bam. Got to check the email. That's Nothing a, again. Wow, what a sad little story do, that do, was. Do, 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 so just send me an email. All right. With that said, beep beep, honk honk, bang bang. We'll see you next time for Rush Hour Two. Bye bye. One, two, three. Okay, it's working. Am I still coming through loud and clear? Yep. Okay. Loud and clear. Talk as loud as you want. Have you noticed how Google is like bad now? What do you mean? It only shows you that vaccinations are good? Well, yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't show you any of the secrets. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't. Uh, okay. Let's get to it. Okay. We rolling, baby? Yeah.